Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. Joseph had a decision and the decision was this. Was he going to obey the will of God or reject the will of God? Would he be obedient or wouldn't he be obedient? Many people wonder why again Joseph was chosen. And we don't know precisely, but I would say this. Maybe one of the reasons that God chose Joseph is because God knew that Joseph would set an incredible example of what obedience to him really looked like. It's an example of fully trusting in his heavenly father. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. The Christmas story is one of the most well-known stories of the Bible. Even people outside of the Christian faith tend to have a general understanding of the Christmas story. But there are some lesser-known characters in the story that you may not be as familiar with. In this series, entitled Grumpy Old Men, we'll be examining several characters from the Christmas story who had to deal with rather unfortunate and challenging circumstances. As we'll see, these circumstances created a bit of grumpiness in their spirit. It is our hope that this series will provide greater insight into one of the most popular stories in the Bible. Please enjoy the message. Will you be right or will you be righteous? And you can be right. You can be right. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be righteous. And that path is one that all generally is not very obvious. That path is one that is generally not easy. Because you might be right to be upset at your child, but you won't be righteous if you scream and berate them. You might be right in your political view, but you won't be righteous if you have disdain and hatred towards those of another political view. You might be right in how your coworker didn't pull their weight on that particular project or that assignment, but you won't be righteous if you gossip about them and don't talk to them about this issue. You might be right in how you manage your money in your marriage, but you won't be righteous if those decisions create bitterness and mistrust with your spouse. There is a significant difference between right and righteous. And trust me, I've had enough of these moments myself, and I've had enough of these moments through conversations with others that it's really, we think it's hard, but it's not, to dig in on what's right, but we don't always do what's righteous. And the simplest way for you to know the difference between the two is this. Will this decision sacrifice the relationship? Because that is what the law brought about. That is what right brings about. I'm not saying that you don't have a point. And I'm not saying that the issue isn't there. I know it has been in many cases with me, but I also know with me that when I have focused on being right, I've often sacrificed the relationship in the process. And righteousness is often that third path that's going to take quite a bit of effort. It's going to take quite a bit of energy. It's probably even going to take some prayer and some additional counsel to discover, but it's always worth it. And for Joseph, that's his dilemma. He's trying to figure out what is this other path? 
But with the limited amount of information that he has, he can't figure it out until he has a dream. And it's the dream that reveals to him key pieces of information. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. That's a pretty key piece of information that he's receiving there because the cause of Mary's pregnancy is from the Holy Spirit. That right there revealed where the conception came from. A TV personality from years ago named Larry King, he made the point, he said, if you could prove to me that Jesus was really born of a virgin, then I would believe in him. Now, as far as we know, Larry King never came to believe in Jesus. But I also would say that Larry King was a little off in what he was saying. And maybe that's where some of you are right now, that you, you're at a place where you, you, you think that you, you, got, you, you think you want to believe in Jesus, you're trying to believe in Jesus, but then you're also kind of struggling because there's some aspects of the Bible, there's miracles in the Bible that you aren't really sure that you believe in. And as a result of that, you just can't quite cross that line of faith. That isn't a miracle issue. That's a God issue. Someone once said, if you can get past the first five words of the Bible, in the beginning God created, and you believe that, then you shouldn't have any trouble believing water came from a rock, a Red Sea parted. Someone who was blind could now see, or even a woman who was a virgin could become pregnant with a child. Because the only time in all of the history of creation that something was made from nothing was when God did it. And if God could do that, then he could cause Mary to become pregnant with a child. And that takes a little bit of faith. But I believe God is big enough to do that. And with that, there were some significant implications. That Jesus, he had an earthly mother, but he didn't have an earthly father. He had a heavenly father, but he didn't have a heavenly mother. He is the only baby ever born who was older than his mother and as old as his father. He had an earthly mother, so he would be human, but he didn't have an earthly father, so he wouldn't be a sinner. He was without human failure because he was without a human father. The Apostle Paul explains to us in the book of Romans that it is through the seed of man that sin is transferred to each and every one of us, not by the birth of a baby from the mother. And so with this particular situation, Jesus was able to come into the world without sin, and he wouldn't succumb to sin. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we would love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. And do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed by a local church. Because it is here that we met Jesus, and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We'd love to meet you personally. 
We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. Now let's get back to our program. And so this dream revealed that first bit of information to Joseph that the pregnancy was a result of the Holy Spirit. The second part of the text said this, she will give birth to his son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. Joseph would have known that. He would have, he would have gone to the temple and, and been a part of the sacrificial system. He would have known that the sinfulness of all the Jewish people was the problem. So to finally have someone to redeem them of that would have been the answer. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And these two different names reveal the character of Mary's child. The first is Jesus, which speaks into his humanity. And the significance of that is God could not save us if he didn't become us. So Jesus is a part of his humanity. Jesus in the Old Testament, the name there was Joshua, which literally meant Jehovah is salvation. The point that we're learning here is that the name matters. It matters a whole lot. That speaks into Jesus' humanity. And that's why we read in the Bible in multiple places that the name of Jesus really matters. And this is one of them in Acts chapter 4. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I, I could write you a check for $1 million. And you can be confident of this. You would have zero chance of actually getting any of that money. It would not happen. It would bounce the moment you gave it to them. But if that check for $1 million was given to you by Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Bill Gates or some other billionaire, you would have a lot of confidence that it would get cashed and you would get that money because of the name. The name makes all the difference. And that's why in Romans it says, for everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. We live in a world of people who are trying to be good enough. But Philip's name isn't going to get, get me to heaven. Your name isn't going to get you to heaven. The only name that's going to get you to heaven is Jesus' name. And when the angel says to Joseph, the name of Jesus is what you are to name him because he will save them from their sins. What he is saying is, is that he will become a man and he in that will be able to save all of us by becoming like us. The second name that he gives is Emmanuel, which speaks to Jesus' divinity. Colossians chapter 2 says this, For in Christ all the fullness of deity lives in bodily form. Some people wonder why Jesus had to be fully God and fully man. And the reason that he had to be fully God is because all of the sin of humankind couldn't have come upon a human. We wouldn't have been sufficient. But all of that sin could come upon God. And God knew that we couldn't save ourselves, but that he could save us. And so Jesus came to the world as being fully man and fully God. And so there was a dilemma. There was a dream. And that led to a decision. That in light of this new information that Joseph didn't have, what's the righteous path? What's the path of love now? And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he did not consummate their marriage until she gave birth to a son and he gave him the name Jesus. Joseph had a decision and the decision was this. 
Was he going to obey the will of God or reject the will of God? Would he be obedient or wouldn't he be obedient? Many people wonder why, again, Joseph was chosen. And we don't know precisely, but I would say this. Maybe one of the reasons that God chose Joseph is because God knew that Joseph would set an incredible example of what obedience to him really looked like. It's an example of fully trusting in his heavenly father. I don't think that there was ever an instance in which Jesus was really going to turn away from the cross, but we all know that there was still a level of obedience that was required of him to go to the cross. And Philippians chapter 2 tells us this, that Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. This obedience wasn't to Roman authorities. It was to his heavenly father. And as he knelt in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, Father, if you are willing, take this cup from me. But don't worry, I'm not going to turn from the cross because it is not my will that needs to be done. It is yours that needs to be done. You're going to have those same instances of frustration You're going to have moments of stress. You're going to have moments in which you're really spread thin that you're going to have to decide, are you really going to trust God enough to be obedient this Christmas? To be obedient with caring for the least of these. To be obedient with your generosity. This is all revealed to us in his word. And so we need to be obedient with reading his word. Be obedient with truly depending on him. Be obedient with not fearing. Be obedient with not being anxious. To be obedient with loving a local church. To be obedient with being faithful to your spouse. Be obedient with being wise with your spending and saving. You see, every single day we have the same choice that Joseph had. Will we be obedient to God's will or will we reject it? And one of the things I see here is that amazing things, unbelievable things happen when we are willing to continue to trust him and to be faithful to him, to be obedient to him. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. We hope this message has been an encouragement to you. I know it has been to others. I recently received a message from a listener of ours who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. It is encouraging and refreshing to hear biblical-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. This is one of the several notes that I've received from people that are blessed by our program. That is why we want to continue this program on the radio, but that can only happen through the generous contributions of listeners like yourself. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website, valleyviewcc.com, and then click on the Give tab there. Once you click on the tab, just designated gift to go to the radio ministry of Hope for the Day. Your gift would be an incredible blessing to this ministry. And as always, we want to meet you personally as well. That is why if you live in the Denver metropolitan area, we want to extend an invitation to you to visit us in person at one of our Sunday services, 9 and 1030 a.m. If you do, please introduce yourself to me, Philip Holland. I'd love to meet you. Now let's get back to the program. We, we have uh, staff members here at the church named Juan and Elkie Fallis who had to deal with a bit of a, a season of, of struggle, you might say. A, a season of wondering, was God going to show up in their life in an incredible and unbelievable way? You see, they were infertile for 
seemingly for well over two years, and they were wondering would they ever have a child or not. And it's in those moments of tension, you wonder why God didn't come through for you. Why isn't God coming through for you? And what's amazing about their story is that they always seem to choose the right path. What's amazing about their story is that they continue to trust God and to remain faithful to him, even though many in the world might tell them that God hadn't been faithful to them. Check out their story and learn a little bit more about it. It was late 2019, and um, we kind of decided that we would start trying for this because for as long as we've been married, Elkie's been ready to start a family. So we started trying in like January, and then by April or May, we were kind of started wondering like, okay, what's going on? We started figuring out, medically speaking, what was going on March of this year. She had a acupuncture appointment and her acupuncturist pulled me into the hallway and she was talking to me. She felt pretty certain that uh, Elkie had endometriosis. I remember my, my brain just going to the worst possible place, which was, okay, if this is as bad as I think it is, then this could be the end of our road of trying to start a family. I just didn't know what was going on in my body and I just knew that like, it seemed easy for everybody else, and for some reason, it wasn't easy for us. And so when we finally started getting some like medical answers, it was kind of a relief. So we did um, uh, exploratory surgery where they took out the endometriosis, and my doctor actually said, I also think you have PCOS, which will further complicate you trying to get pregnant. The first time I shared uh, you know, that we shared our story with the church was actually the last time um, I got to preach, which was back in August. Blake was supposed to be doing the, the closing that day. He um, just told the church that after service, him and a few others wanted to gather around us and pray for us. I felt all the support, but I also felt like God also had his hand on me in that prayer circle. I just felt like things could be different after that moment. Um, and I didn't know what that meant per se. I just felt like those prayers did make a difference. Two weeks later, I took a pregnancy test just to take one so I could stop thinking about it. I took it and it like immediately was a positive and I just kind of stared at it in shock for a minute. And I was just like, this, can't be real. I saw that the nursery door was open and when I walked in, she was standing um, over the dresser. And I just kind of like stared at him because I just sent down the pregnancy test and he looked really confused for a minute. And there was uh, this cute little pair of booties and the <laughs> pregnancy tests that she had taken that morning. I like looked at the test and then I looked at him. So he looked down and then he was like, I was like, is it real? Is it a yes? And, and she said yes, and I remember running over to her and hugging her. And I didn't know what to do, so I was just like, hello, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> but it was just a very exciting moment because it just felt like all of those tears and prayers and heartache and struggle was like worth it in that moment. I just remember in that moment, um, my knees just giving out from under me because I felt like, um, I just felt like at that moment, like, like God had just like touched me and had shown me that he was there all along and that he was listening to every prayer 
and that he heard us when we were sad and when we were hopeful and our faith had you know just just manifested itself in this awesome gift of just knowing that we serve a God that listens to us and even and that his timing is perfect compared to my timing and or our timing that we wanted we are so thankful for this community and we're so thankful for everything this community has done for us and that we know this community will do for us as we embark on this new journey of keeping another human being alive. <laughs> In my hand. Yeah. So, so tell us uh, about the time frame between you starting and to getting to that point where you were able to, um, you know, put him on his knees, you might say. <laughs> tell, tell us, what was, that, what was that journey like from there to there? It was about a two-year journey um, with a lot of ups and downs and just a lot of trusting and trying to figure out yeah. what was medically wrong with me and then trying to figure out what God's plan was for our lives in this area. And then you preached this sermon in which you shared some of that journey with the congregation that was very much still, uh, you know, in play. Uh, and then what happened after that? Tell everybody a little of that. You alluded to it in there, but I, I feel like it's a pretty significant aspect of your story. Yeah, we, uh, I, I spoke about it, and um, at the end of the service, uh, like I said, Blake was supposed to close, and, and Blake came up and asked if some people from the church could gather around us and pray for us. Um, and I just remember, you know, having like, it felt like, you know, 20, 30 people up here and everybody laid hands on us and, and prayed for us and encouraged us and just loved on us and, to and shared with us their stories of people that have also struggled with not being able to conceive and things like that. And it was just a, a, an outpouring of love and encouragement that we needed so bad and just such a beautiful picture of what God had in mind when the church was started. And it was um, just people leaning on one another and uplifting one another and man, and, and people just praying for it to happen. And the crazy thing was that like, she was already pregnant when people were, were praying for us and we had no idea. Yeah. But before then, even, you had really found a place of peace and, ha and, and the idea that, well, maybe it's just not to be. I mean, after two years, that's a that's not that uncommon that people get to that point of, well, maybe it's just not to be. Where, where were you at at that point? Yeah, we thought, <clears throat> we thought, hey, you know what? Maybe God's plan for us is adoption. And um, I think we still have a heart for adoption. I think at some point we, we will adopt. Um, but we thought maybe, that, maybe we're just one of those couples that doesn't get to, to experience you know, um, pregnancy and everything. And God's plan for us is just to adopt um, some kids. And we, I, it was really funny because on our way home after that Sunday, we kind of were at peace with that decision. We, she was actually going to contact some friends back in Missouri that have adopted and ask them about the process and how to get started with it. Um, so, yeah, we had kind of at that point just kind of not given up, but just kind of handed God the reins and said, okay, I think this is what you want. Yeah. And that's really uh, so much of the beauty of the story is that they weren't going to carry forward with the rest of their life with resentment and bitterness. Instead of getting bitter, they decided, well, we're going to get better. And we're going to help someone else's life to get better. But even in the course of that, you know, God was faithful. And so thank you for your faithfulness. And thank you for sharing your story with us. Would you give him another hand, please? And as we come back to the story of, of Joseph, it's, it's in allowing um, 
those angel, that angel to speak into his life and to accept the truth that had been given to him, that, that the blessing of Jesus came into this world. And it's in being faithful that we often can see God move in our life in incredible ways and amazing ways. And don't allow the difficulty or the challenges of a challenging circumstance cause you to turn away from him. Instead, lean into him in those moments. And maybe, like Joseph and Mary, maybe like Juan and Elke, God will do more than you could ever imagine. Let's pray. And our team's going to continue to lead us in worship. Uh, Father, the lives of those of us here uh, certainly have ups and downs and And we're here, though. And us being here is significant in that we are seeking you. And so grab a hold of our minds and our hearts and our souls and just continue to transform us to be a people, Father, that are looking for your righteous path, a path that will lead us to obedience and will lead us to things that we can't even imagine, but you full well will bring into this world. And Father, we are so grateful for that. And we give you this in Christ's name. Amen. To learn more about this sermon, sermon series, or other messages, please visit our church's website at valleyviewcc.com. You can also find these radio segments on the Hope for the Day, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Valley View Christian Church is located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85, Santa Fe. We provide services at 9 and 10.30 a.m. every Sunday. This broadcast is made possible through generous contributions of listeners like you. If you'd like to partner with us financially, just go to our church's website and then click on the Give tab there. We look forward to having you join us again next time on Hope for the Day.